0: Book Three, Chapter Five of The Mermaid. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeremy Robertson. The Mermaid by Lily Dugall. Book Three, Chapter Five. To the Higher Court. If Caius, as he went his way, carrying the moss and budding flowers, could have felt convinced with O'Shea's wife that Le was dead, he would have been a much happier man he could not admit the woman's logic still he was far happier than he had been an hour before Le Maitre might be dead josephine did not love Le Maitre. he felt now at least he understood her life having the flowers the very first darlings of the spring in his mind he went in the impulse of the new sympathy and knocked at her house door he carried his burden of moss earth moisture and little gray scaly insects that having been disturbed crawled in and out of it boldly into the room whose walls were still decorated with the faded garlands of the previous autumn let me talk to you said caius the lady and the one young girl who happened to be with her had bestirred themselves to receive his gift making a platter serve as the rock ledge from which the living things had been disturbed they set them in the window to grow and unfold the more quickly they had brought him a bowl also in which to wash his hands and then it was that he looked at the lady of the house and made his request He hardly thought she would grant it. He felt almost breathless with his own hardihood when he saw her dismiss the girl and sit before him to hear what he might have to say. He knew then that had he asked her to talk to him, he would have translated the desire of his heart far better. O'Shea's wife has been talking to me, he said. About me? I hope you will forgive us. I think she could not help speaking, and I could not help listening. What did she say? It was the absolutely childlike directness of her thoughts and words that always seemed to Caius to be the thing that put the greatest distance between them. I could not tell you what she said. I would not dare to repeat it to you, and perhaps she would not wish you to know. But you know she is loyal to you, and what I can tell you is that I understand better now what your life is, what it has been. Then he held out his hands with an impulsive gesture toward her. The large table was between them. It was only a gesture, and he let his hands lie on the table. Let me be your friend. You may trust me, he said. I am only a very ordinary man, but still, the best friendship I have, I offer. You need not be afraid of me i am not afraid of you she said it with perfect tranquillity he did not like her answer are we friends then he asked and tried to smile though he felt that some unruly nerve was painting the heaviness of his heart in his face how do you mean it o'shea and his wife are my friends each of them in a very different way she was going on but he interrupted they are your friends because they would die to serve you but have you never had friends who were your equals in education and intelligence he was speaking hastily using random words to suggest that more could be had out of such a relation than faithful service. "'Are you my equal in intelligence and education?' she asked appositely, laughter in her eyes. He had time, just for a momentary flash of self-wonder, that he should so love a woman who, when she did not keep him at some far distance, laughed at him openly. He stammered a moment, then smiled, for he could not help it. "'I would not care to claim that for myself,' he said. "'Rather,' she suggested, "'let us frankly admit that you are superior in both.' He was sitting at the table, his elbows upon it, and now he covered his face with his hands, half in real, half in mock despair. What can I do or say? he groaned. What have I done that you will not answer the honest meaning you can understand in spite of my clumsy words? Then he had to look at her, because she did not answer, and when he saw that she was still ready to laugh, he laughed too. Have you never ceased to despise me because I could not swim? I can swim now, I assure you. I have studied the art. I could even show you a prize that I took in a race if that would win your respect. I am glad you took the prize. I have not yet learned the magic with which mermaids move." no and you have not heard any excuse for the boldness of that play yet and i was almost the cause of your death ah how frightened i was that night of you and for you and again when i went to see mr pembroke before the snow came and the storm came on and i was obliged to travel with you in o'shea's great coat that again cannot seem nice to you when you think of it why do you like what appears so strange you came here to do a noble work and you have done it nobly why not go home now and be rid of such a suspicious character as i have shown myself to be "'Wherever you go, our prayers and our blessings will follow you.' Caius looked down at the common deal-board. There were dents and marks upon it that spoke of constant household work. At length, he said, "'There is one reason for going that would seem to me enough. "'If you will tell me that you neither want nor need my companionship or help in any way, "'but if you cannot tell me that—' "'Want,' she said very sadly. "'Ah, do you think I have no heart, no mind that likes to talk its thoughts, no sympathies?' I think that if anyone, man, woman, or child, were to come to me from out the big world where people have such thoughts and feelings as I have, and offer to talk to me, I could not do anything else than desire their companionship. Do you think that I am hard-hearted? I am so lonely that the affection even of a dog or of a bird would be a temptation to me, if it was a thing that I dared not accept, because it would make me weaker to live the life that is right. That is the way we must tell what is right or wrong. In spite of himself, he gathered comfort from the fact that, pausing here, without adequate reason that was apparent, she took for granted that the friendship he offered would be a source of weakness to her. She never stopped to try to appear more reasonable. As she had been speaking, a new look had been coming out of the habitual calmness of her face, and now, in the pause, the calm went suddenly, and there was a flash of fire in her eyes that he had never seen there before. If I were starving, would you come and offer me bread that you knew I ought not to eat? It would be cruel. She rose up suddenly, and he stood before her it is cruel of you to tantalize me with thoughts of happiness because you know i must want it so much i could not live and not want it go you are doing a cowardly thing you are doing what the devil did when our lord was in the wilderness but he did not need the bread he was asked to take and i do not need your friendship go she held out the hand the hand that had so often beckoned to him in play and pointed him to the door he knew that he was standing before a woman who had been irritated by inward pain into a sudden gust of anger, and now, for the first time, he was not afraid of her. In losing her self-control, she had lost her control of him. "'Josephine,' he cried, "'tell me about this man La Maitre. He has no right over you. Why do you think he is not dead? At least tell me what you know.' It seemed that, in the confusion of conflicting emotions, she hardly wondered why he had not obeyed her. "'Oh, he is not dead,' she spoke with bitterness. "'I have no reason to suppose so.' He only leaves me in suspense that he may make me the more miserable. And then, as if realizing what she had said, she lifted her head again proudly. But remember, it is nothing to you whether he is alive or dead. Nothing to me to know that you would be freed from this horrible slavery. It is not of my own gain, but of yours, I am thinking. He knew that what he had said was not wholly true, yet in the heat of the moment he knew that to embody in words the best that might be was to give himself the best chance of realizing it. And he did not believe now that her fierce assertion of indifference for him was true either, but his best self-applauded her for it. For a minute he could not tell what Josephine would do next. She stood, looking at him helplessly. It seemed as though her subsiding anger had left a fear of herself in its place. But what he dreaded most was that her composure should return. "'Do not be angry with me,' he said. "'I ask because it is right that I should know. "'Can you not get rid of this bond of marriage?' do you think she asked that the good god and the holy virgin would desire me to put myself my life all that is sacred into courts and newspapers do you think the holy mother of god looking down upon me her child wants me to get out of trouble in that way josephine had asked the question first in distress then with a face of peerless scorn she seemed to put some horrid scene from before her with her hand the dear god would rather i would drown myself she said it would at least be she hesitated for a word as if at a loss in her english at least be cleaner. She had no sooner finished that speech than the scorn died out of her face. Ah, no, she cried, repentant. The men and women who are driven to seek such redress, I I truly pity them. But for me, it would not be any use, even if it were right. O'Shea says it would be no use, and he knows. I don't think I would do it if I could, but I could not if I would. Surely he is dead, pleaded Caius. How can you live if you do not believe that? She came a little nearer to him, making the explanation with childlike earnestness you see i have talked to god and to the holy mother about this i know they have heard my prayers and seen my tears and will do what is good for me i ask god always that lamaitre may not come back to me so now i know that if a gasping sigh retarded for a moment the breath that came and went in her gentle bosom if he does come back it will be god's will who am i that i should know best shall i choose to be what you call a missionary to the poor and sick and refuse god's will God can put an end to my marriage if he will. Until he does, I will do my duty to my husband. I will till the land that he left idle. I will honor the name he gave me. I dare not do anything except what is very, very right, because I have appealed to the court of heaven. You asked me just now if I did not want and need friendship. It does not matter at all what I want. And whatever God does not give me, you may be sure I do not need. He knew that the peace he dreaded had come back to her. She had gone back to the memory of her strength. Now he obeyed the command she had given before and went out. End of Book 3, Chapter 5, To the Higher Court. Recording by Jeremy Robertson.